You're listening to the King's Oahu podcast. We hope today you're inspired, your faith is built up, and that you're encouraged by today's word. The title of my message this morning, if you're taking notes, is Be Kind. Look at that person next to you and say, Be Kind. Now, i got to be honest with you. There's a little bit of a story that I need to share with you this morning. I, I remember there's a moment where my, my sister Janelle and I, uh, we're, we're a little bit like oil and water. Like, it, it's, we, we clash. It's the youngest and the middle child. There, there always seems to be some tension there. And we grew up with some pretty crazy tension. And one day, my sister and I, we were working in the garage. My dad gave us an assignment to clean up the garage. And so we're working on the garage, and my sister, she wanted to have her way. And at that time, my sister was stronger than me. I'm actually kind of kidding you. She still is stronger than me. But um, she, she was bossing me around, and she was telling me what to do, and I had had enough of it. And so finally, I just responded to her. I was like, shut up, stupid. Now, you got to realize, this was a while ago. This was at least three years ago. So, no, just joking. <laughs> we, were, we were just little kids. And I was like, shut up, stupid. And, and as I'm looking at her, I see at the corner of my eye, in my peripheral, I see this massive mass moving toward me at a rapid rate very, very quickly. And I, I realized that something was coming after me. And if I didn't move, I would be run over. And so I started running. I started running. And behind me, I heard these footsteps coming closer and closer. And by the back of my neck collar, my dad, the we call it the paw. My dad has these paw hands. I, if, I don't know if you've ever had hands laid on you by my dad, but his, whole, his hand covers your whole head like this. It's just like, it's just crazy. He grabs me by the back of my neck collar and grabs me and says, Hey, you don't talk to my daughter like that. And, man, he was, like, in my face. He's like, you don't talk to my daughter. That's my daughter. You don't talk to my daughter like that. And he looks at me and says, you, be kind. Be kind, son. And I got a revelation. <laughs> Number one, that was my father's daughter. And one thing I know about my father is he's going to protect anything that belongs to him. And he values that which belongs to him. Can I, can I tell you, that person, that person sitting next to you, that person sitting behind you, that's God's kid. And he protects his children. He loves his children. He values his children. I mean, guys, there's times where we talk about God's kids in ways that are absolutely crazy, ridiculous. And I realized that that was my father's kid. But secondly, there was a challenge. There was a mandate in that moment. Son, I want you to be kind. Those words shouldn't come out of your mouth. Where is that coming from? And here in the book of Ephesians chapter 4, we see a very interesting challenge given to us by the Apostle Paul. Some of the challenges we see as we begin to extrapolate from this passage, real keys to help us navigate and really walk through godly relationships. God wants us, are you ready for this? God wants to, us to have relationships with each other like he has relationships with us. I'm going to say that one more time. God wants us to have a relationship with one another like we have a relationship with him. 
We're, ha- we're called to have godly relationships. But there's some things that Paul the Apostle points out. The first thing that we see is we see the initial challenge that every single one of us are going to face. What is that? It's the constant battle between the old life and the new life. Some of the things that I really battle are some old habits, some old ways of thinking, some old issues that I fight with all the time. There's some things intrinsically in me that, I mean, it's just like, it takes, and you know what the interesting thing is? I don't even have to work at it hard for it to come out. It just comes out. But you know what I'm talking about? My poor kids. I love them. But there are moments where I've, I've had a rough day, gone through some problems, I'm hungry. I get in the car, you know, I, I get in the car, and all of a sudden, you know, my son's playing like some kind of flute thing that he has for school, and the dog's in there, and the dog's barking, and my two daughters are on their phone talking to, they're talking to different people on FaceTime, and I'm like, really seriously? Like, this is crazy, and then, you know, my wife's on the phone, and, she, and I get in the car to this chaos, and I start freaking out, I'm like, ah, I'm freaking out, and my daughter Haven is so quick to be like, mom, we need to get dad some food. That's a solution, right? That's a solution for everything. Get this man, get this man some food. Get him something to eat. They know my blood sugar's low. I need some food. In the morning, it's like, Dad, have you had your coffee yet? I'm like, that's the problem. I'm just ratting myself out. But you know what's interesting is this. We have this old life where our hurt, our pain, our disappointment, it's like, this response that we have that is built upon the foundation of it is a past way of living. Things that have happened to us, things that have been said to us. We even talked about it last week, certain things that have been projected on us. Somebody hurt us or somebody told us we are a certain way and it then begin to define who we are. And the difficult thing is this is an identity issue. And we're going to talk about that in a minute. But see, this is more, this is more than just saying, oh, I've, got to, I've just got to change my ways. No, I need to change who I am. It's beyond just changing my ways. I have to change the very identity of who I am. And we have, we have an old way of thinking. But see, the good news is this, that we have a new way of living now. We can have a new mind, we can have a new heart, not contaminated by the things of this world, not contaminated by the past pains or the past disappointments. We can actually have a new life. Come on, can I, can I give you this passage? I love this passage, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. Many of you know this passage. Many of you have heard me quote this passage in this house. 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Therefore... If anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone. The old has what? Listen to this promise. The new creation has come and the old has gone. The new is here. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. And he has committed to us the message or the ministry of reconciliation. Now, we're going to hold on to that one part for the end of this message. But I want to deal with this. In Christ, we are a 
new creation. See, the Bible says I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I that live, but Christ that lives inside of me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live unto the Son of God. Now, this is the challenge. Can I just be honest with you? Here we go. Are you ready? Here's the transparency aspect of this passage. Is many of times I've crucified my flesh. I'm like, I'm in Jesus. I love Jesus. I'm a Christian. But I keep resurrecting my dead life. I keep resurrecting my dead ways. I keep resurrecting my old way of thinking. I keep resurrecting my old desires. And I'm in this battle between the new that I know I can embrace in Christ, but the old that continues. It feels like it's haunting me. Anybody know what I'm talking about? You're like, man, I'm being haunted by this thing. It's like constantly at me. And we're in a war between the new and the old. But the power of it is this. That in Christ the new has come and the new is stronger and more powerful and greater than the old. I, I need you to get this in your spirit. Your old life, your old way of thinking is not more powerful for the new thing that God has in you. Now I, I want you to embrace this. Because a lot of times, that's my, my, that's my excuse, well my hurt's greater than what God is doing. So the reason I give into my hurt the reason I give into my pain is because it's actually a greater emotion and a greater issue in my life than the work that Christ is doing. But that's not truth. Because the truth is that the work that Christ is doing in me is greater than my past pain, greater than, now, now you can even say, now this is what's crazy because a lot of us have dealt with the pain for 30 some years. We've dealt with the rejection for 30-something years. We've dealt with the anger and the wrath for 30-something years. And then all of a sudden, we're brand new in Christ. You know what's amazing? Is that the new in Christ is so much greater than the old that you can be in the new for two weeks and it's stronger and more powerful and greater than the 30 years of dysfunction and the 30 years of pain that you went through. Come on, somebody. There's power in the new. You got a new life in Jesus. Well, can you say that I got a new life in Jesus? So we've got to embrace the new. It's a new way of living. It's a very, it's a new definition of life in Jesus. It's a new way of thinking. Wow. But then we see this issue. And Paul puts an emphasis. He says, don't allow any foothold to the enemy. Don't allow any foothold to the enemy. Now what we have to realize is this, that the devil looks to infiltrate to influence. I want you to write that down. The intention of the enemy is to infiltrate in order to influence. But when we talk about the foothold, we have to recognize what is it that Paul is helping us understand. The terminology foothold is a designated space to dwell or possess. I'm going to say that again. The term foothold in its original language, the term foothold is a designated space to dwell or to possess. So I want you to just imagine with me that every single one of you has this sphere around you. And you're walking and every place you go, this sphere goes with you. It's this, it's this space. It's your space. And what the devil wants to do is he wants to infiltrate the space of your mind. 
He wants to infiltrate the space of your heart, the space of your emotions. He wants to infiltrate your life. And a lot of times, can I tell you, what happens in our life is this, that we actually think that the problems outside, the circumstances outside, are the main issue. That everything in my life is predicated, it's determined by what happens on the outside. But you see, it's really what's going on on the inside of that space. It's the way I interpret life. It's the way I interpret what's happening. It's not about the circumstances around me. It's what's happening in me. So the devil knows that. So he wants to do everything he can to capitalize on it, to infiltrate your life, your mind, your emotions. But see, what we're being instructed to, what we're being challenged to by the Apostle Paul is to hold the line. Hold the line. Do you know how we hold the line? Is that every time I get into the Word of God, and I know this sounds cliche, just bear with me for a second. Every time I get into the Word of God, I'm putting a shield about me. Every time I worship, every time I worship, I put a shield about me. Every time I pray, every time I spend time with him, I, I, I put a shield about me. And this is, the, this is the issue. This is the biggest problem. When we neglect those key principles, those key disciplines in our life, when we neglect those key disciplines, what are we doing? We're putting down the shield and we're leaving room or space in our space for the devil to infiltrate. We become susceptible to some of the things happening in this world. So now what's happening in the world affects us. We get fearful, we get frustrated, we get concerned because we see all this stuff happening in this space now. And there's no shield between us and the issue. There's no barrier anymore between us and the issue. To give the enemy a foothold means to drop the shield. To let him into your space. But see how we defeat the enemy is we put a shield about us. The issue is not your marriage. The issue is your shield. So the, the reason why the enemy is able to infiltrate your heart in your marriage is because there's no shield guarding your marriage. The reason why the enemy's winning in fear right now is not because the issues in this world are so powerful and so great and everything's just consuming. You know, no, this world has nothing. Can I, can I just tell you right now, this world cannot, the, the, the Bible says that Jesus already conquered. He's already victorious over the things of this world. The issue's my shield. The issue's my space. I'm letting the enemy infiltrate my home. I'm letting the enemy infiltrate my mind. I keep watching certain things I shouldn't be watching, and I'm trying to figure out why I'm so full of fear. Why I'm so full of doubt. Why am I so full of anger? I keep listening to certain things. Why am I, why am, why am I so full of offense? I keep entertaining gossip. So what we have to do is we have to put a shield. Every time, every time you get into the word of God, you're building a shield. 
Every time you pray and say, Lord, I need to hear your voice today, you're building a shield. Every time you worship and you lift your hands, come on, you lift your hands. Now, this is, this is, can I, I'm just going to give you a new perspective. I know this sounds weird, and just, this isn't, this is just my perspective, okay? I want you to just think about this for a second. When you lift your, next time you lift your hands to the Lord, I want you to think about this. That my hands are being raised, and at the tip of my fingers is my shield. Is my, it's like this, this, this shield about me. And every time I lift it, and I lift it high, I'm lifting it above my mind. Can I tell you right now, every time you worship, you know what you're doing? You're actually putting a shield around your mind. Because what you're saying is God is greater. God is greater than what I'm seeing. God is greater than what I'm experiencing. God is greater than the doubt. God is greater than the fear. Every time I worship, and I'm not saying you have to lift your hands to worship, but I'm just saying as a picture, I want you to get this. It's like when you lift your hands in the morning to worship the Lord, you're saying, Lord, I'm putting this shield about me so that it protects me. Come on. Don't give the enemy a foothold. Build a shield around you. Don't allow the enemy to infiltrate and to influence. So Paul is very intentional. And he basically lays down these three principles. And this is amazing. Because it has less to do with a simple discipline but more of an identity. Let me explain to you what I mean. The first thing that we see in Ephesians 4 is Paul says this at the end of this this whole stanza of scripture that we looked at, he said, number one, be kind. Everybody say, be kind. When we see this passage, be kind, kindness is the proof of what is in you. I'm going to say that again. Kindness is the proof of what is in you. See, if I was to take this water, this is good, clean, fresh water. I love it. Oh, it's good. Anybody want some good, crisp, clean water? And just like, have you ever seen someone eat something or drink something? You're like, I want that. If I was to pour this water in this cup, this cup is clean. This water is clean. This is drinkable right here. This will sustain me. This is, this is wonderful right here. And this is what Christ wants to do in our life. He wants to overflow. He wants to fill our life with his goodness, fill our life with his grace. Come on, he wants to fill us with the fruits of the Holy Spirit, not just the gifts of the Holy Spirit, but the fruits of the Holy Spirit. And you know what he wants us to do? He wants us to pour out. He wants us to pour. It's, it's awesome. Out of you shall flow rivers, rivers, rivers. Do you know what that means? Can I give you the, the word picture here? Are you ready for this? Rivers of living water is that we overflow, that we get so filled up that we overflow. That's what he wants. But this is the problem. We are susceptible to contamination. And even though... If I was to stir this up, you know what happened? All this salt would dissolve, and it would look clear again. But you wouldn't be able to drink it. It would make you sick. 
And this is what happens to many of us. God makes us clean, but then we open the door to contamination. And guess what it does? It actually disrupts and destroys our very identity. Being kind has more to do with what's in you. Out of, now, I want you to read this passage. Turn with me to Matthew chapter 12, verse 33. Listen to this. This is crazy. This is crazy. Matthew 12, 33. This is Jesus. And, you know, Jesus is actually talking to the religious rulers. Any religious people in this place? I mean, honestly, any Christians in the house? Okay, let me see your hands. Matthew 12, 33. Make a tree good, and its fruit will be good. Or make a tree bad, and its fruit will be bad. For a tree is recognized by its fruit. You brood of vipers, how can you who are evil say anything good? For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. Come on, let's say that again. The mouth speaks what the heart is. Let's try that one more time. The mouth speaks what the heart is full of. Now, this may seem inappropriate to you, but it's necessary. I want you to look at the person next to you and say, you're so full of it. That is, some of you are like, Pastor, that is so inappropriate. I'm not, I, I say no such things, Pastor. I say no such things. So inappropriate. What are we full of? Because what Jesus is saying, whatever you're full of will eventually come out. I had a guy, I had a, I had a friend of mine, man, this guy, this guy loves Jesus. Powerful man of God. But he comes up to me and says, Pastor, I don't understand why I'm so full of anger. I'm so full of rage at times. And, and man, I'm, I'm trying to, Pastor, I'm trying to get a grip on some of this stuff that I really battle with. And so we're talking through this. And I said, well, what, where's the open door? Where are you allowing the enemy to infiltrate and influence? And you know what we realized is when he was working out, he would work out. He was, he was buff like Pastor Andrew. And he would work out. And as he's listening, as he's listening to music, that music is blasting in his ears. He's working out, and it's full of a bunch of crazy stuff, but he's hyped. It's hyping him out. But the songs are full of rage. The, song is, the songs are full of profanity. The songs are full of all this stuff. And it's getting into his spirit. It's getting into his heart. And he's trying to figure out why all this stuff keeps coming out. He says, because that's what you're feeding on. What are you filling yourself with? So he says this, for the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. A good man brings good things out of the good stored up in him. And an evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in him. But I tell you that everyone will have to give an account on the day of judgment for every empty word they have spoken. For by your words you will be acquitted and by your words, you will be condemned. See, we've got to go to the source. The reality is what starts coming out of us is a clear picture of what's happening in us. Can I say that one more time? The reality is that what comes out of us is a clear picture of what's in us. And if we're going to be healed, what do we have to do? If we're going to be healed, got to fill up. We've got to fill up so much that it decontaminates the stuff in us. We just got to get more. You just got to fill up. Come on. Some of you say, well, pastor, I'm, I'm filled with all this, this garbage. Well, you just got to, you got to get filled up with God, got filled up with the word. Come on. You just got to fill up. Come on. 
I don't know, Pastor, why I'm so negative. It's because you keep entertaining the negativity. I don't know why I'm so fearful. It's because you keep entertaining the fear-mongering. So we realize that the first key, the first challenge that Paul gives us is, number one, be kind, which is proof of what's in you. But are you ready for this? The second challenge is he says, be compassionate. Be compassionate. Now, some versions, I like how some versions put it, be tender-hearted. Are you ready for this? You say, oh, Pastor, what does that have to do with this? Is being compassionate and being generous and gracious, is that what Paul's saying? It actually has more to do with how you see people. See, compassion is an expression. Compassion is more than just an emotion. Compassion is an expression. Compassion is not just what you feel. Compassion is what you do. I'm going to say that one more time. Compassion is not just what you feel. Compassion is what we do. And, and, and we, know, we know how the enemy works. You know how the enemy wants to disrupt compassion in our hearts? is to change our view of people. If he can affect our view of people, if he can, if he can make it to where you begin to devalue people, what does it have? It affects your compassion. Because this is, this is what happens, right? Especially, have you ever met that person that thinks that they're greater than somebody else? Like, have you ever met that person? Can I, can I just dare to say that might be you? Because I think many of us, myself included, we are prone to this one thing. Well, I'm glad I'm not like that person. I'm glad that's not like me. We see a homeless person, we're like, Psh, I'm so much better than that person. Right? We see someone struggling or we see a situation. That was glass. We see a situation. Don't worry. We're okay. I didn't get cut. Anyways, focus. I'm just walking around here like a monster up on the stage, knocking things over. Ah! Anyways. What's interesting is this. We have a tendency to always value ourselves greater than someone else. I'm better than them. I'm greater than them. I'm richer than them. I'm smarter than them. I'm better off than them. I don't struggle with what they struggle with. Everything's about this comparison. But the sad part is this, that that affects our compassion. Because compassion happens. Compassion manifests when value is established. Compassion manifests when value is established. When you value your spouse, it's easy to be compassionate. When you value someone, it's easy to be compassionate. How was Jesus so compassionate toward us? It's because he valued us. We've got to get back to that place where we value people. See, be, being kind has everything to do with what's going on in us. But compassion has everything to do with how we view others. But the third challenge that we get, and the final challenge we get from Paul, are you guys still with me? Is forgive. Forgive. In Matthew 6, 14, this is a very difficult passage. I'm going to be just very honest with you, this is a sobering passage, probably 
one of the most sobering passages within Scripture. Matthew 6, 14. For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. See, I want you to view forgiveness like a gift. Forgiveness is like a gift. You, you honestly, you really can't earn it. As a matter of fact, forgiveness is the full picture of grace and mercy combined. Forgiveness is key. I mean, it's, it's amazing to be able to forgive somebody. Now, let me, let me help give you this, this, pose this problem to you. You ready? The reason why a lot of people can't forgive is because they, they tie forgiveness and change together. I'll say it again. They tie forgiveness and change together. I will forgive them as long as they change. Now watch. This is, this is the biggest problem. I'll forgive them as long as they change. But you see, forgiveness is a gift that honestly, I believe, change doesn't really even manifest until the gift is given because the gift open is what brings change. But the problem is this. This is what Jesus is saying. The biggest issue is that when you understand that forgiveness is a gift and we receive forgiveness from Christ. Think about the sins that we committed. Think about the atrocities that we've committed in our life. And Jesus gave us forgiveness. Now, now, now watch it. Now hold on a second. You, you need to hear this. He did not give us forgiveness expecting change. Well, hold on. What do you mean, Pastor? When he went to the cross, he didn't go, I'll forgive you, but you all got to change. No, 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 no. Hold on. I'll go to the cross, but every single one of you has to believe in me. If you don't believe in me, if you don't change, I'm not going to the cross. No, he went to the cross understanding this simple principle that as I go to the cross I'm giving a gift called salvation I'm giving a gift called forgiveness I'm giving a gift called grace I'm giving a gift called mercy and if they just take that gift and apply it to their life it'll change them many of us have been changed because of forgiveness come on oh come on I'm gonna come on we've been changed because of forgiveness how many of you in this place this morning have been changed because you've been forgiven He gave us forgiveness. But this is what Jesus is saying. <laughs> to take the forgiveness that he's given and not give that gift to somebody else is like taking the gift Jesus gave us and trampling on it. That's, that's what he's saying. It's like, here, here's this wonderful gift. And, and you're like, oh, Jesus, thank you for forgiving me of all my problems and all my issues and all my circumstances. Oh, Jesus, I'm such a jerk face, but you still forgave me. And then all of a sudden, Jesus is like, forgive them. And you're like, no, can't, won't do it. But I forgave you. No, 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 mm -mm, no, 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 Jesus, you don't understand. You don't understand, Jesus. How they hurt me. Jesus, you don't understand. They're not going to change. But can you give the gift? Yeah. 
See, this is, think about how difficult this is. To receive the gift of forgiveness, but not give the gift of forgiveness. Think about, and this is what's so hard, think about how hypocritical that is to receive the gift of forgiveness, but not give it. That's why Jesus says you have received the greatest gift. I have forgiven your sins. Can you give that same gift to someone else? Pastor, what if they don't change? The gift remains the same. See, your job is not to figure out what they do with the gift, Pastor Andrew. See, when I, when I give the gift, it's not my job. Now listen, now listen. This gift, it's a good gift. This is a great gift. But I need you to do this with the gift, and I need you to do that. We put all these... Conditional forgiveness. Jesus forgave us. My job is not to put conditions on the forgiveness. Take it then. My job is to release the forgiveness. That's my job. Now look, are you ready for this? Now watch. My healing is not based on what Pastor Andrew does with my forgiveness. My healing is based on my release. I, I, I know it's hard. I'm not here to demean you. I'm not, I'm not here to diminish the hurt and the pain you've gone through. Some of you have gone through some atrocities that would give us nightmares. But your healing, your freedom is in your forgiveness. See, Paul, Paul wants us to understand that there's a world, there's a life that we can embrace in Christ. That if, if we would understand who we are, the very identity we have. See, we, we have this challenge. I want you to put off. Paul says this. I want you to put off anger. I want you to put off malice. I want you to put off all these things. Do you, do you know what that means? It doesn't just mean to take it and throw away. It actually means to completely and totally reject something and say, you can have no more part of my life. Mm -mm. It's not who I am anymore. It's not what I do anymore. Because I'm a new creation. And a part of my newness in Christ is now I'm I've received his kindness. I've received his compassion. I've received his forgiveness. Therefore, I can be kind. I can have compassion. And I can forgive. Thank you for joining us today. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe and share with your friends. And for more great content, go to kcoahu.com. Thanks again for listening and God bless you.